Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Self-Interrupted with Kit Costello. I'm super excited to be doing this. Oh my gosh, we're finally here, the debut episode. I've been waiting months to do this. This podcast has genuinely been in the works for so long. Um, Not always originally titled Self-Interrupted. I think I want to do a whole other like episode on that, like the workings of this podcast because Jesus Christ, like the, <laughs> the amount of names I have for this podcast and the ideas and stuff, like it was bad for me. I'm also not going to sit here and act like I didn't just try and record a full episode. Like, yeah, I did. It went well, but I just overthink everything. So I just wanted to start afresh. Today we're talking about modeling, which if you don't know, I am a model. Um, I have a TikTok where I just talk about modeling and I give the children some advice. Um, I do. So I'm super excited to get into that. But before we do so, I want to talk about my week and what I've been up to. This is something I want to do in every episode of the podcast. I kind of want to just start by talking about my week and then maybe eventually you guys can send in what you've been doing in your week. And we could just like catch up, you know, like this is a nice little call with one of your friends. This past week, what's been going on? I got laser hair removal on my face. That was the drama of the week and trust and believe I booked everything and everyone out of the week so that I could like concentrate on mentally preparing myself to have a laser burning hair off of my face because I do need that. On Wednesday, I went for my consultation. It was in London. So I wanted to go, cause oh my gosh, you guys know you can get laser in like the back of people's houses now. It's not good. So I wanted to go somewhere where it was like reliable and reputable is it reputable? Reputable, right? I want to go there. So I did. I booked somewhere in London and it was really, really good. And they're like, it's all clinical and, you know, they're doctors and stuff, which is always nice to have like a doctor putting a laser on your face and not some random like (laughs) person. It was fine. Like it was genuinely fine. I thought it would be the worst pain I've experienced. It feels worse to tweeze your hair out. But the one thing I didn't like was the fact that there's there's wind on the laser machine, which I guess now looking back in hindsight is to like cool down the burning sensation. The wind was like the worst part because it made me feel like I was drowning in the consultation. But then on Friday, I went for my first appointment and it was fine. I felt like the other woman was trying to drown me. I'm going to be honest because girl, I was fighting for my life. It was really embarrassing though, because on Friday when I had my proper, like the first session, it was serious. Cause you know, they have those clinical beds and they have to have like the tissue paper on the bed. She was like, okay, we've done your sideburns. We've done your cheeks. Now, do you want your mustache done? And I was like, yeah, girl, obviously. Like, I just want fresh face. I don't want facial hair. It's so annoying. She zaps me on my mustache and bitch, I flinched. I flinched every single time she zapped me. And it was so embarrassing because it was uncontrollable. Cause sometimes, you know, I, I was Pilates breathing through this you know, it was serious. And it kind of helped, to be honest. Um, but then there were certain times where I just wasn't breathing. And I was I was like, okay, Kit, you need to get a hold of yourself a bit here. But yeah, the moustache hurt a lot. I was, I was jolting. I could hear the paper underneath me jolting against like the medical bed. It was bearable, but it did hurt. So that's what consumed my week, really. And I got back into the gym because it is January. Happy New Year. I'm really excited about this year. I really believe that 2023 is a good year. I think it's going to be great for all of us listening. And I think it's even better now that we have self-interrupted the podcast. So that's really what's happened during my week. Let me know what happened in your week. Um, please submit what happened in your week on my website. You can do that at kitcanbeinteresting.com. Um, and there's like a little podcast tab and you can submit questions, story times, and um, what happened in your week. And I can read them out next episode at this like little 
section of the podcast. And I think that'd be really cute. Let's get into the topic. So I guess we should just jump straight into it. Let's talk about modeling. Let's get into it. I got signed as a model in May 2021, which feels like eight. I can't believe it's been two years almost since I got signed as a model. That time has genuinely just flown. It's really crazy. Like the last couple of years has gone so quickly. And even to think 2020 was almost three years ago, like breaking up from school because of COVID was three years ago. It feels like a different lifetime. Like that pandemic, it feels like a fever dream. It really does. But before we get into like getting signed and the professional side of modeling, etc., let's talk about how I knew I wanted to model. Since I was younger, like 13 slash 14, I was told that I should model by the most random people in my life. These people that I barely speak to would come up to me. I'm talking optician. Like I'm not talking like random distant relative. I'm talking optician. And I was so self-conscious at this time. I mean, who's like confident when they're 13? I genuinely thought people were saying that I should model because they were overcompensating because they thought that I was ugly. They would say it in the most bizarre places. So for example, I was literally at a relative's funeral and someone said, you know what you should do? Modeling. And I said, girl, I'm trying to mourn. I'm literally trying to mourn the death of a relative. And you're out here, you know, you should be a model. I'm like, okay. And it was just almost, a, almost like a little reminder. I like to think of it as like, oh, this is so annoying of me. But Taylor Swift has a song called Invisible Strings. I know everyone's rolling their eyes right now. Like, shut up, okay? I really feel like modeling has been a constant throughout my life. And people have just always been urging me on to be a model, but I never really wanted to be a model up until I was 16 or 17 and I joined sixth form. This was a pivotal point for me. When I joined sixth form, I gained a lot of confidence because I wasn't at an all boys Catholic school anymore. Ugh, okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, some kit law for you. I was at an all boys Catholic rugby school from year seven to year 11. That's four years of my life. It was bad for me, but I want to do a whole episode on kit law, which is like the background of my character and what I really believe shaped me as a person, which I think will be really funny. Saying random stories that I just believe created me as a person, you know? So I gained a lot of confidence because I went to a mixed non-religious school for sixth form and I did photography. Now, halfway through sixth form, so about a year in, I realized I wanted to model. This was because of photography. I was getting my pictures taken and I realized like, oh, I want to model. Like this is, this is a great outlet for me. I didn't necessarily think that I was stunning or good looking by any means. But I just loved like the glamour of it, getting dressed up and putting makeup on and that kind of thing. And they always say the job that you have should replicate what you wanted to do when you were younger or what you were doing when you were younger that you weren't really thinking of. So when I was younger, I would like dress up. I'd get into my mum's Holy Communion dress. Yeah, I would. And what about it? And I'd dance around and I love playing dress up and modeling for me it's an outlet for that. It is that kind of, you are dressing up all the time. So it just made sense. Again, that invisible string. My photography, I did get a D. I got a D in my photography A-level. This was probably because I realized I wanted to be a model. So I gave up on my A-levels, which I do not recommend. Yeah, I know it's not good, but it was kind of clever of me. I would just use all my photography lessons to build a portfolio for myself for my modeling career. I would hand these pictures into modeling agencies and see what they said, you know? So I thought that was pretty smart, but then everyone screamed. We got shut down because of COVID. I don't even remember thinking about modeling really during the pandemic, but it was when we came out of quarantine 
I just remember thinking, okay, now this is the time. Like, let's just do it. Um, and I think everyone kind of had that after they came out of the pandemic because everyone was just locked away for so long that we just wanted to do exactly what we wanted. So I did that. I applied to, I think about 25 to 30 agencies in December of 2020. And I got denied by every single one, but I was so delusional. The way every single rejection email came in or like they just didn't reply, I would think, oh, they're gonna regret that. Like who was I to think that? So in December, 2020, I didn't get signed to any modeling agencies. It was a flop from my end, it was. And then in April, 2021, I famously went platinum blonde. I was in my Ariana Grande suite in a 2018 era. Then in May, I applied again and I got one acceptance email from one modeling agency. This was a massive deal to me because the idea that anyone just took me seriously, it was crazy. Like I used to watch YouTubers when they would go on like massive meetings, you know that kind of, when YouTubers would be like, oh, I have a meeting today. The idea that I had a meeting was so crazy. I need to think of other vocabulary other than crazy. Let's think for a second. It was astounding. Okay, English literature. It was astounding, like it was. And this agency basically emailed me saying, we wanna see more of you, we wanna see more photos. So of course I sent them my Instagram. Yeah, I did. And then they said, we wanna see a video of you, like a full length video, you walking, and then you like turning around and stuff. So I went outside, I propped my phone up on a chair, I think. And I did exactly that. I sent it in and then they said, okay, we will see you in the office on Wednesday. That's all it said. So imagine me in my bedroom on my farm, cause yeah, I live on a farm. Did I mention that? Another bit of kit lore I just randomly dropped mid conversation. I'm sitting there and I don't know whether I'm gonna get signed on this random Wednesday, I'm gonna go into this modeling agency. So the anticipation is now killing me. The said Wednesday rolls around. I will always arrive somewhere early, especially if it's an important meeting like this one was, but it kind of is to my detriment because I arrived almost like an hour and a half early. And that's terrible. Like that's the worst thing to do in all honesty. Like being like 15 minutes early, fine, valid. An hour and a half, I went into a charity shop and bought a book. It was bad for me. I went into a charity shop, bought a book, then went into a coffee shop, pretended I could read for like half an hour, then got a green tea. I was sweating profusely. Like I was shaking. This was a massive moment for me. You know, we've just come out of COVID. I'm not going to university. Realistically, I should be getting a job at this point by society's standards. So this would have been a great outlet for me to jump a step and just become a model, I guess. So the time rolls around, it's 10 minutes before my meeting. And I'm like, okay, shit, should probably walk toward the office block now, right? I walk there, I buzz. I'm sweating, I'm shaking, I'm checking my hair in the reflection of the window. They answer me, they say, okay, you can just push the door. I try and push the door, it's not opening. I'm screaming, I have to buzz the buzzer again. Yeah, it's bad. I buzz the buzzer, I say the door's not opening and they're like, push it. And I'm like, oh God, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not opening. Like, can you just come and help me? So then the photographer has to come down and open the door. This agency wasn't the biggest agency in London, which was honestly the, probably the best for me because if it was a massive, massive agency that I was going to for my first modeling meeting, it would have been, you know, daunting. It would have been very scary. So I went in with somewhat lower expectations, 
But I'm a bitch for branding, which I know is really rogue. But as soon as I walk in somewhere and I see branding, for example, on the mirror, on the doors, automatically I think money. And then I think like, I don't know, status. I don't know. Like I was, I just saw all this branding and I gen I felt like so far out of my depth. Instantly I thought, oh, I don't think I'm going to get signed here. But you know, maybe I did. Like, let's continue the story. So I'm then taken upstairs to the studio. I had to take some Polaroids and I was trying to be as charismatic as possible, you guys. Like, I was trying to crack joke every other sentence because, I don't know, I just wanted to make a lasting impression and I, I didn't have any videos to watch going into this, which is really ironic because now I make those videos for other models. Um, for example, like how to go into your first model meeting, what to expect, how to pose for your first modeling photos. Yeah, I just think that's kind of cute of me. Like I am helping the children out and I'm giving them what I didn't have. The photographer was like, okay, we're done here. We've taken the photos. Let me go and talk to the founder and show him your photos and he'll come in and speak to you. So I'm now sitting in this studio space alone and then the founder walks in. I start screaming, but I have my business head on, I do. And I'm just trying to crack joke every other second, like I said, and I'm making him laugh. Like he's giggling a bit, it's true. We get to talking and a minute or two in, he just slips into conversation that he wants to sign me. I wanna cry at this point, like this is huge for me. And I, I obviously am just saying like, yeah, of course I wanna sign, like I wanna sign to this agency, let's do it, get the papers. And he was like, okay, girl, you have to read the contract first. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I was gonna read the contract. And yeah, I guess the rest is kind of history. It was a massive weight off of my shoulders as well because I'd always worried and I'd always thought about what am I gonna do once I leave school? I grew up on a farm. So it was kind of ex not expected that I would be a farmer. It was always there and all my brothers are farmers. So, like, I just didn't want to farm though. So I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just had a good feeling about modeling and getting signed was a massive deal to me. And it's history, like it is. Kit Costello got signed on the 19th of May, 2021. I do remember the date. That is the day that I got signed as a model. Now that we've talked about getting signed, I just want to split this podcast up a little bit here and there. Instead of just talking about my modeling story. I want to talk about stuff model adjacent. Let's get into modeling reality TV shows. Oh my gosh. You guys have heard about America's Next Top Model, right? Yeah, a successful American series about models. I want to talk about Britain and Ireland's Next Top Models. Yeah, you heard that right. So I discovered this show really randomly about a year ago, just on YouTube. And you know, a good reality TV show is gonna have pirated copies on YouTube. This show is so bad that it's just comical. These models were <laughs> these models were coming into this modeling TV show with the judges who I have no clue who they were, but I think they were all pretty established in the modeling industry at the time, but I don't know who they are now. These models came in, I think there were probably like 20 girls. None of them can model. I'm sorry, blessed be none of them can. And it's not because they're not pretty, it's not because they can't pose. Their first challenge was to show the judges their runway walk, which you would think, you know, pretty easy. It's what you'd expect coming into a modeling reality TV show. You're wrong. Yeah, I was gagged too, bitch. The way these models started crying backstage because, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this. Oh my God. Girl, are you kidding? You weren't expecting walking. I think they also said you need to take off all your makeup and then walk for us. 
So there were tears, bitch. There were tears. Acting like it was some kind of like natural disaster. They just had to walk a runway and they were crying. Oh my gosh. And then one of them fainted on the runway. Imagine. And this show is like doing bits. I don't know. It's, it's like close to 10 seasons. I don't know how. So many of the challenges are just stuff that you never have to do as a model. I mean, this is the American version of Next Top Model, but in the American version, there's this iconic challenge where the models have to walk the runway while there's like a clock in, in front of them and they have to time the walk perfectly so that they don't have to pause, but they have to walk just before the pendant hits them. This has never happened. The times I've walked runway, I mean, there's stories about the times I've walked runway, trust and believe. I've never had to, <laughs> I've never had to avoid a pendant while walking runway. But I guess they're setting them up for the, the craziest things that could happen in the modeling industry and the modeling world, because there are some pretty crazy stories. And I have a couple, so let's get into them. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Let's talk about the time that I had to run through London because I was late to a modeling job. Once I arrived at the penthouse apartment, I had to then pierce my ears five times and I almost fainted. Yeah, let's get into that story. So my previous modeling agency that I was with used to get me the roguest jobs because they were a commercial agency. I would get all these really random commercials and jobs that were just not up my street, but they were the only jobs that they were getting me. So I had to do a couple of them. I didn't do all of them, let it be known, but I had to do a couple. I get booked for this job. I get an email confirming the address the day before. So, you know, naturally on the day of, I go down to South London, which is where the address was held. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. It's kind of long. Like we're talking East Croydon, end of the overground line. Like it was far and far away. So I finally get to the destination and I'm outside of this building, which is just like a random regular townhouse in the middle of South London. And there's no production going on. And I'm like, okay, where's the production value? So I call up the producer and I say, there's no production outside, like what's going on? And he said, well, there wouldn't be any production. We're filming inside. And I said, oh, okay, could you guys let me in? And he said, yeah, you can just buzz in. And I said, there's no buzzer. And he said, where are you? And I said, I'm in South London. And he said, girl, we're in Covent Garden which if you don't know, Covent Garden is like central London. I'm in South London, different places, babe. So I'm now screaming, but reminder, let it be known, Kit Costello is always gonna be early. So I was half an hour early. Now on the phone, I'm trying to not use my panicking voice. I'm like, okay, um, I can be there as soon as possible. And he was like, yeah, well, we're gonna start shooting in like half an hour. Can you make it in time? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I'm screaming. I'm now running through South London to get to the nearest train station to then hop on that train to get to 
Holborn because I couldn't go to Covent Garden. I'm on this train. It then gets held at a red light for the first time in Drag Race history, apparently. I've never had that. I have it all the time now. It never happened at this point. So it was just like one of those things where it just kept getting like more and more annoying. Oh my gosh, it was bad. So I get off at Holborn, which is, I, w I don't know how far away Holborn is from Covent Garden, but it's, it's like a tube stop away. So I'd say like it's a 10 minute walk. So I'm already late. So I say to myself, Kit, you can't disappoint. You've got to run. You've got to run through Holborn to get to this address, okay? I've eaten nothing because I know that there's going to be good catering because that commercial shoots, they normally have great catering. So I'm running through Holborn, right? I'm sprinting. But all I'm thinking is I need to have good representation. I can't be late. I arrived late. Yeah, I'm like 20 minutes late. It was bad. I ding-dong the buzzer and I then realized like this is a penthouse. This is crazy. And you know when you arrive somewhere and people like to make it out like you're not being it's not an issue or whatever but everyone's under the same consensus that it's not an issue so i'm thinking like how did you all come to the similar consent like have you been talking about me it's just a massive apartment but i start getting i don't know if it was vertigo but i start shaking and everything starts moving so i was either passing out hallucinating or i had vertigo it was one of the three there was no other option it was kind of similar to that feeling where you bump into someone randomly say in london and you have headphones on and then they want to talk to you and you're so out of it that you don't know what's happening. It was that feeling times 10. Everyone was looking at me. I was hot. I was sweating. I'd just been running, remember? I was in my London Marathon era. And now the stylist comes up to me and says, hey, do you have your jewelry? We need to put it in so that we can get the shooting. Yeah, I had to bring my own jewelry because it was COVID. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. I'll put my earrings in now. I'll go into the bathroom. I go into the bathroom and I remember I haven't been using my earrings in like a couple of months. So my piercing hole has covered up. But I think to myself, Kit, you can't let these children down more than you already have. So just pierce your ears. I actually remember that this company said that they liked me because of all my piercings. <sighs> so I'm now in the bathroom with a blunt earring piercing my ears. I have five piercings on my ears. So I was piercing my ears five times. Yeah, I was bleeding. So I now come out of the bathroom, sweating, bleeding, almost passing out. And the makeup artist takes me to her chair sits me down, does my makeup. The stylist then gets me into an outfit and, you know, I'm ready to shoot. I get onto set. I am on set for no less than five minutes. I just ran through London. I've pierced my ears. I've suffered vertigo for maybe five minutes. I'm saying maximum five minutes. It's less than five minutes probably of sitting on a chair pretending to scroll on an iPad, which had green screen on it. Bear in mind, to this day, to this day, I don't know where the hell this commercial is. I've never seen it, thank God. I've been cut out of jobs before, and they're always jobs that I wanna get cut out of. That was a bad shooting experience, but it wasn't the worst. Let me tell you about probably the worst casting experience I've ever had. This was probably the tipping point of the reason why I left my old agency. Like I said, they were commercial. So they were getting me the really bad jobs, basically. Just really bad, uninspired. And I had been sent a job. So you know those surveys that you can do online? And they're like, hey, you can win an Amazon gift voucher if you do this survey for us. I was basically casting to be one of the people that celebrate you doing the su survey at the end. It was 
really far away from the editorial runway stuff that I wanted to do initially when I started modeling. I'm just gonna skip straight to when I was in the casting room. It was a studio in Soho and I get in there and I'm not really sure what's going on. All I've been told is that I'm doing a survey job casting. Girl, I don't know what the fuck that entails. How am I supposed to know? Bear in mind, I would not have even taken this casting, but I denied so many jobs from my agency previously that I honestly felt bad. I just need to do this casting. I'm told that I'm gonna be basically a Getty image of someone jumping for joy for some random person's success on a survey website. Girl, give me a break. As soon as I heard that, I was absolutely flopping on purpose so that I didn't have to do this. And the usage was five years. Usage is basically the amount of time that they can use the image. Five years for 300 pounds. Yeah, no, I'm flopping this. I'd rather owe them money than do this job. So I get into the actual casting room. I'm just with the producers, the casting directors, etc. They're like late 20s. So there's like a couple of cute people in there and I'm, I'm just told to go for it. I've been given no direction. All I've been told is that I need to be happy for these people winning a survey. I see the cameras rolling and I just get a thumbs up. So I kind of just freeze there. Bear in mind, I'm still trying to flop this casting. And I'm just like, oh, I don't, what am I meant to be doing? And then like, oh, just act like you've won a survey. And I'm like, do you want me to act like I've won a survey? Or do you want me to act really, 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 really happy that I've won a survey? Because if I've won a survey, I'm saying, okay, cool. And slamming the computer shut. Like I'm not, go, I'm not, jumping up and down for joy that I've won a five pound Amazon gift voucher, like give me a break. They're like, yeah, just be really ecstatic that you've won this survey. And they're taking it seriously. Like this is their life's work. And I'm like, girl, it's not that, it's a fucking, okay. Anyway, oh, it was, it's, it's honestly really, it's quite traumatizing looking back. Like it's honestly so embarrassing. I was standing in front of these like 20 somethings going, yes, oh my, yes. I'm so, thank, oh my gosh, uh, yes. And they would just take after take, say, a little bit more enthusiastic. I thought they were taking the piss. A little more enthusiastic this time, Kit. I said, girl, I'm winning a survey. I haven't won the lottery, okay? Let's put it into perspective real quick. So I'm almost like on my knees saying, yeah, oh my God, I won. Like, ugh, so embarrassing. And then they were like, okay, like, that's great. We've got what we need. And I was like, well, thank God for that. I leave. And I remember thinking as soon as I left, I need to leave my modeling agency. Like I need to leave this agency because this is not the work that I want to be doing at all. It's not even in the same field, let alone the same fucking universe, bitch. So I need to leave immediately. This takes us on to me leaving my modeling agency. Leaving a modeling agency is a massive risk. Remember, famously, I got denied by almost every single modeling agency that I applied to. The idea of leaving an agency and not having a backup was terrifying to me. But, you know, my delusional ways, I was like, yeah, of course someone's gonna sign me. But I felt myself faking it because I just didn't even wanna have a doubt for a second that I wouldn't get signed again because as soon as you start having that doubt, you're just like, okay, well, what's the point? I may as well just give up. So I remember I had a little shift at the farm. Yeah, because another bit of kit law for you. I do a Saturday shift on the farm in the office. Yeah, it's true. And I remember I was sitting in the office one day and I just thought, I'm gonna leave. I need to send in an email and I'm gonna say, I'm leaving the modeling agency. I've got to go. I came home, told my mom, and we drafted an email 
and it was a really good email. I said, I'm really sorry, like, I'm so happy and I'm so privileged that you guys signed me. It really means a lot to me. You jumped to start my career, etc. You know, blabbering on, just saying thank you. Monday comes around. So I sent that email on Saturday. Monday comes around. I get an email basically saying that they didn't really care and they just were like, okay, bye. And I wasn't expecting them to be on their hands and knees begging me to come back. I was expecting like a little, you know, thank you so much for what you've done for us. Like, cause I've made them money. We've made each other money. Nothing like that. It was literally just kind of unprofessional in all honesty. But you know, me being a congenial queen, I sent another email saying, again, I want to thank you so much. Like this really means a lot to me. I got nothing back. They didn't even say thank you or good luck. They didn't say anything like that. I remember I got that email and I just thought, well, thank God, you know, I want to be somewhere where I want to be thriving. I want to be pushing my potential. And with that agency, I just didn't feel it at all. My freelance era was so fun. It really was. Cause I just got to do whatever I wanted. I bleached my eyebrows in this era. It was kind of my rebellious phase, if anything. When I was signed with a commercial agency, which was my first agency, you can't bleach your eyebrows. You can't do anything like that. You can't even dye your hair, like a shade lighter, God forbid. So as soon as I left, I bleached my brows. I dyed my hair. Like it was great. It was a great time. I signed to my new agency only recently. I love them. They're really great and they see the vision for me. That's what you need in any job that you're in. If you don't feel like you're thriving and you're not inspired, just Think about other options. I wouldn't say leave because that's not appropriate for some people to leave. Like not everyone has the privilege to just leave their job. Because once you find that place that really understands you and really gets you and is on your wavelength, honestly, it just feels like a weight off of your shoulders. You realize that you're not just the only one that understands. You realize that there's someone backing you all the time, 100%. And that's something that I didn't feel with my first agency. And it's something that I don't want people to go through. That is really my story as a model. That is really the end of today's topic. But before I leave, I have a couple of questions that you guys have asked me and a little story time that someone sent in that is really fun and exciting. So if you have any questions or a story time, please make sure to send them in to kickcanbeinteresting.com and I'll answer them next episode. So let's get into some of these questions. So someone asks, does attractiveness matter more than uniqueness when it comes to being signed as a model? So I really think that uniqueness is attractive. And I think that's why so many people that have unique features or unique looking faces are models because they make people stop in their tracks and they make people look. And that's what agencies and bookers and producers really want out of a model is someone that will make people look at them. And also, you know, obviously attractiveness is very personal. I'm just gonna read this story time now. I haven't read this. This is the first time I'm reading this. So I'm actually really excited. And it's titled Casting Nightmare. Okay, just imagine this. New face flown down to Paris for her first ever appearance in Paris Fashion Week. Okay, slay. Sounds glamorous, right? Well, not exactly. Hear me out, bestie. It all started when I got woken up. Oh, okay. She started, I love, I love someone that's descriptive. Like, give me a fucking story. It all started when I got woken up by my agent calling me saying, you've got a huge casting in 10 minutes. At this point, I'm shitting my pants because I had no idea what a casting was about. I just got the location and sped down there. As I'm on the metro, I'm looking up. What does a casting mean? And how do I slay my first casting? I get there and immediately see all these tall and beautiful models. My anxiety is now at its peak. 
As I'm waiting in line, I try and talk to some of the models and I can't lie, some of them were awful, but I met some that were the nicest ever. Okay, so now it's my time to walk the walk. As I do that, I slip. OMG, you're probably thinking that it can't get any worse than this. Oh, well, you're wrong, bestie. As I try and walk again, I slip for the second time. And at this point, the other models were laughing. Oh my gosh, that's so rude. In brackets, understandable. I'm laughing at myself today thinking about it. No, it's not okay. I would never laugh at another model lot falling. Like what? That's so bitchy. As soon as I walk back to the casting director, he says that I won't be hearing back as they don't need my comp card. Bitch, that was traumatic to say the least. I go back to my model apartment crying to the other models I lived with. They were the best and told me it wasn't my fault because I was new and didn't know what a casting even was. They helped me that whole day and I got to walk a show a few days later. Incredible. Today, I'm signed to two new agencies that have taught me everything I need to know about modeling and I'm grateful. I've walked in Milan, Paris and London Fashion Week now and I'm going to Paris and Milan again this year. This is incredible. Moral of the story, don't give up even if your whole world or hills crashes on you. You've got to keep going regardless of what anyone says. You decide your future, XOXO fellow model. That was so sweet. I'm so happy that you had other models to kind of like wallow in but I don't think there's ever an excuse to laugh at another model or laugh at anyone that's like flopping. Like, yeah, you can talk to your friends about it after it's happened, like after the fact, but in front of them, I can't imagine falling at a casting. Like that would terrify me, especially walking in front of other models. I've never had that. In all the fashion week castings I've been to, it's been individual. So we've gone in there, walked, walked out into the room where all the other models are. But that sounds like hell, in all honesty. But good for you for persisting. That is so slay. I'm so happy about that story. If you have any story times that you want to send in, they don't have to be model-based at all. They can be the most random story times. I would love to hear them. I think that is it for today's episode. We've done it. The first episode of Self Interrupted. Please forgive me if this episode has been slightly sporadic all over the place, if the audio is not 100%, it's the first one, babe, it's the debut. Like, we're not gonna always debut at the Hot 100 of the Billboard charts, but who knows, maybe we will. I really hope you've enjoyed. Please subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Also, rate the podcast, if you so please. I guess it, it really helps me out. Um, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts because, you know, the people can see the Apple Podcast ones. So I'd really appreciate that if you did. I hope you have a great week. You can follow me on Instagram at kit.costello. On TikTok, it's kit can be interesting. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast everywhere on all streaming platforms, wherever you're listening, babe. But other than that, I'm sending you love. I hope you have a great week. Much love, kit. <laughs>